Hey everybody, this is Belgarid and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter. And we've begun with the Belgariad series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode 22. This season, we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit. And today we're diving into chapter 21. My name is Sandra Turnbulls. Oh my God, I forgot my freaking name. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I am the director of Goddess Kindled Universe, publishing company that uh, works with magical realism and real magic. I'm Alicia Seymour, fantasy author of Darkness and Finding the Magic and Wonder in the Darkness. Oh, beautiful. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yes. Good. To be oh, it's back. a good chapter this week. What did you think of it? It was different. It was very different than what we've seen so far. Mm, how so? And I don't know. It just felt um, more... I was going to say organic, but I don't know if that's the right word. It felt more alive, maybe. Like ah, less, okay. Less uniform of like here they're yes. going, moving, but we're getting into the intricacies of, like of this of the <laughs> like the it's getting yummy kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Cool. All right. So we'll go straight into Polgar's cup. What's in your cup this week, sweetheart? <laughs> My cup is um, hot water with lemon because I've started detoxing again to clean up my body. I know I've been needing to do this for a while and I just kept ignoring it because it's easier sometimes. To, and I don't eat bad. I just, you know, I have put on a tiny bit of weight that feels a little uncomfortable to me. Just I feel like it's it's not really weight so much as like probably just toxicity that's that's not clearing out. It's kind yeah, of it yeah. It's like, like your lymph system gets sluggish and you feel sort of gluggy. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like this. I'm eating all live foods again at every meal and snacks, and um, I still allow myself like a little bit of wine in the evening, and I have this like organic vegan chocolate thing that I'll have after lunch. Those Yum. are like my two two little treats for the day. And it just feels good. I already felt lighter just over the weekend. Um, and it's also for purposes of helping me with my meditations that I'm getting really deep into. Like I started also realizing that I can actually get clearer and deeper in meditation if my body is clearer yep. without all the toxins in it. So yep, um, I've been really focused on flushing all of that out of my physical system to help because I realized my emotional and spiritual um, what do you call them bodies yeah they're they're very aligned now they feel very centered and healthy so now it's time to get the physical aspect tied in with it and then Mm -hmm. I feel like I'll be unstoppable at that point Mm now just keep moving forward yep so that's been my focus nice it felt really good very nice i've just been doing that and meditations Mm -hmm. and being outside and 
I tell you, that's just the best medicine that you can do. She says who has to go to doctors because her face is going numb and hasn't been meditating for like at least three, four weeks at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to to fall out of it. Once you're out of it, it's easy to just feel, yes. Yep, it's so true. Oh, that's great. I've been making myself. Yeah. Now it's to the point where I know I need the meditation. I don't, like, I yearn for that moment. I'm like, yes. Like, the kids are are gone. I, I have... I get up early, early, early before anyone's awake. And I'll, I'll just do this meditation. That's an hour, an hour. And I just sit and I completely go. So what time do you get up? When's your morning routine begin? 4.45. Yeah. And so then by the time I shower and do the meditation, it's six and I have to start getting them all moving for school and wrapping and making breakfast, making my smoothie yeah and all that so yeah and then at least once in the day I'll do another hour meditation before I get them and then there's also a shorter one I have that's only like 12 minutes and I'll try Mm -hmm. to do that one like twice in the day wow okay it's all for recentering the chakras energy centers whatever you call them and um clearing them out and then also allowing then energy that you want to have to be able to flow in yeah not, not be blocked and I know you know about all this stuff yeah but... well I love that you're doing the stuff that I've taught forever yeah and finally <laughs> it's such an inspiration for me like. yeah 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 it's really it's really cool to have that sensation yes mm-hmm. oh, okay okay keeping my inspiration little inspiration Hey, what did you say? I said, you just keep being my inspiration, little inspiration. Oh, okay. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep at it because it feels amazing. Things are are lining up and I can feel all the goodness. Fantastic. All the goodness. Yeah. 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 That's so good. Oh, well, my cup. I wrote my cup before I realized that I had to really go to the doctor because my face is behaving very strangely. Mm -hmm. Um, um, But I haven't changed it, so I'm going to keep it. So foamy white chocolate mocha, like a really frothy foamy white chocolate mocha. Um, Because they keep promising me snow. (laughs) But so far there have been two snowfalls that have been like in the middle of the night so and then it's followed by rain so it's almost completely gone by the time I wake up and I'm just very sad about that whole thing I haven't had my snow I want to sit on the sofa watch the snowfall read my book drink my tea I haven't been able to do that so I'm a bit sad Mm -hmm. um uh, but uh but I have been drawing (laughs) and my drawings have started talking to me because (laughs) because the the drawings that I'm doing are are like the the mythical or magical characters the magical creatures from my books that I'm writing so the last drawing I did was a mermaid Mm -hmm. and um, she like really got me back into the drafting of that book 
and then I did some other drawings and paintings and then I started drawing my current drawing have I shown you the siren that I'm drawing no I haven't seen it yeah hold it up I'll put I'll put a I'll put a photo in the in the patreon feed so oh, oh hang on wow can you can you see her oh pretty can you see her like yeah. can you see her wings and yeah so is I've that been... with watercolor no it's colored pencil are you serious I'm how do you do that it's by building it up like really like layers and layers and layers and layers Mm -hmm. um that's really pretty yeah so happy with so i'm working on this and it's because it takes a long time and it is like this layers like building up she started talking to me i'm like hang on hang on hang on that's great but i've got to finish this other book before i can start writing your story she's like well hurry up because we have adventures to you know we have stories to tell like oh Uh shit okay so i've been i've been writing again and it feels really good that's um Um, yeah that's really good that is that's really yes i'm so excited about and so this is this these will be the book covers Uh so i've got done a i've done a uh, a mock-up of the book cover for the um mermaid story and it looks really good very happy with it um and so yeah this will be the book cover for the next one so i am you remember the question i said or we were talking about it i can't remember um question about like doing my doing my own book covers yeah you remember we i think we asked you were asking about like getting paid for your art yes 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 so uh, I don't know, but they make shit hot book covers for magical realism for the type of story that I write. So yeah, it's very yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I'm like, I've never been able to draw a human figure before. And now I'm like, you know, huh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, you're in the flow. Oh, like, you're okay. The, flow the drawing and I know. Now it's inspiring so, your books, so that's really cool. And so, like, yes, I'm. I know that I, I know I'm being. I got a, I, I did a little reading for myself today and got told to stop being so fucking dramatic, but like I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, but things are just coming together and now. My face is going numb. I'm, there's something really wrong, and it's all gonna. Ah, I won't be able to do any of the things I want to do, and it's anyway. <laughs> did this little card reading for myself. I'm like. Sometimes they're fucking dramatic. (laughs) Just go to the doctor. (laughs) It's yeah, it's true that that kind of stuff happens. Like remember when um, I was in a really good place when I I was texting you about like oh my gosh, and I was freaking myself out because I was having like you know tenderness and stuff. Yes, yes, yes. You were thinking oh my god, it's some lump somewhere or. Yeah, it was something because everything was really, and I was just about to get my IUD, and I'm like, my body's I remember start regulating better, and then yes, all of yes, a sudden yes. I just went into this. It's kind of almost like I feel like it's the ego kind of trying to jump in and be like, "No, you're not going to just enjoy your life. I'm still here." That's totally what it is. That's totally what it is. Like, just go. No. 
because I had another yeah. reminder, like really big ass reminder just yesterday that I'm an EFT therapist. So I tend to forget that I'm a Reiki master and have been an EFT right. therapist for like 20 freaking years. Yeah. And yet, and taught meditation and yet not meditating, not doing EFT with myself, not doing Reiki with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could just be as simple as that, you know, recentering back in those practices you know? every day. So, and that would also, I think, enhance your drawing and your writing. Yes, yes, exactly. So, I am going to go to the doctor because once things are put in motion, once decisions are made, those those waves keep flowing and you can make I can make new decisions and new choices now It'll, but that doesn't that doesn't stop the motion of those waves already in motion because something already in motion stays in motion until you know it comes up against something that stops it so also help you eliminate anything serious so that you can worry less exactly so so yes yeah, so i think that my 5 30 wake-ups might have to start again and the idea of that is horrible but when i was doing it all the time it was wonderful i was looking yeah. forward to the next day yeah that's how i am right now it's like 4 45 i'm like in the evening time i'm like oh my gosh i get to wake up it's almost gonna be time to do that meditation again that's so and wonderful okay so what's gary and see this week So this chapter, they continue moving forward on that path that they were on, going deeper into Kalmurgas, I believe. Uh -huh. And they run into, I couldn't remember any of the proper names for these things. So I just, they ran into the place with a bunch of tents. And uh -huh. um, while they're there, they run into an old friend of Silk's uh, or somebody he knows from his past. And he welcomes them into their his scent tells them a little bit about what's been going on and some of the news he shares causes Silk to take off. He's like, oh, what's this Yar Urgas is on the way. And so Tor Tower Urgos. Tour. Like in my head it goes Tour Urgus. Tour Urgus. Okay. So he has to Silk has to take off running. Because he doesn't want to uh, encounter him. King of the Mergos, basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that, that sums it up. We'll get into the end of the chapter at the end of the chapter discussion. Mm -hmm. When the chapter begins, they're on the South Caravan route, winding between a series of arid valleys reading the text here heading in a generally southeast direction i still haven't looked at the map and i get very confused because i can't pull the map off the screen and turn it around the right way for my head to understand which direction they're actually going in <laughs> that's something i do it's really hard for me to like look at a map can when you like rotate image it won't rotate <laughs> i have to rotate it like Either either so that east is to the left and like like look at it that way. 
or yeah. if I'm heading in a direction, I need to be able to turn it like the GPS turns on your like your sat nav. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> yeah, it's harder harder to look at it on a computer for sure. Anyway, anyway, yeah. so so they're heading heading down the caravan route and um uh it's pretty like there's nobody around it's really just dry feels kind of kind of desolate doesn't it yeah it did and the description i don't know where it's at but a little bit later in here the, the author describes that like the clouds have like a dirty gray feeling in the sky but any moisture they might be holding is not reaching the land because the land is just this like arid mm. like dusty mm. kind of desert you can, you feel. Know, you can feel it on your skin almost though yeah and it's like one of those places that make your nose just like dry not feel yep. well mm -hmm. chocked with dust <laughs> yep 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 yeah. and um there's a so there's a comment about there's a mergo barrack spots a mergo on a ridge line, he's just watching them. And Belgarath's like, yep, he's just watching us. He won't do anything as long as we stay on the caravan route on the road. Silk's like, yep, they, they watch everybody. They just keep a close watch on everybody in their kingdom. Barak wants to know, like he sort of says, do you reckon that guy you were talking to was exaggerating about the state of affairs in Inkthor Murgos? And Belgarath's like, nah, I reckon the king, Tao Ergus, is looking, is going to close the border and get all of the Westerners out because the war's coming and he wants to start moving troops and um, he knows that there's a good number of merchants who are actually spies for other countries and he just, he doesn't want the information to get out. Yeah, that that gives a clearer picture for me, you know, like how... Yeah. The reasons of why people are being treated the way they are but you know it's still doesn't um, i was gonna butcher that word still doesn't make right what he's what he's doing mm. and it's um mandar allen sort of wonders how he could possibly build an army when it's such an unpopular uh, unpopulated bleak you know there's nobody around where's he going to get the people from and Belgaras like yeah well this is the bit of Thormergos you're allowed to see there is a whole country in there that no one is ever allowed to see and I got kind of I had got this picture of like maybe China like where there's a there's like a, a sculpted piece of the country that the like they let out internationally like this is what our country is like but there's so much behind there that you're never allowed to see yeah that makes sense yeah i had gone to an image from like more from the lord of the rings um game the morpg mmorpg game uh -huh. okay or where you go into angmar and there's it's just like this there is there's all these like hidden places that you can't see because out in the open it just looks like it's empty there's nothing around but once you oh. get into the crevices and all this there's all is kinds Angmar, of just 
I thought Angmar was like a, like a, just like a fortress or something. No, there's a fortress inside Angmar, like once you get all the way through it, at least according to the video game, I'm pretty sure they're accurate, but. Well, they um, would have to be. Can you imagine the fans of the story <laughs> who would like. Yeah. The majority of it is a lot like this feels like in this chapter. It's just like this little place <gasps> you go wander through and you like encounter some animals, like weird creatures that want to kill you. If, but I'll see if I can find a graphic, like a picture of the MMORPG. I'll try to find it. I'll try to find it because I know exactly. Yes, you do that. Do that. Yeah, because that's what I felt in this. But I could also understand in this world like China would make sense as well well yeah if I was kind of like that's just what popped into my head because yeah. it's a country I don't know a lot about except that I, I think that there's it's a very large country and like I'm not it's completely ignorant of the world but I know there's a lot in there that we're not allowed to see in general yeah, yeah. that's funny you bring China up like just really quick so I know you can cut it out if you want but uh, I had Natalie's birthday party on Saturday and it, that topic came up about China, about that they weren't, there's theories that they weren't entirely honest about Corona and all of that. And that they've mm. actually been cycling through it for like 20 years. And Is that right? Anybody. Yeah. Wow. And I've that, never heard that before. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even remember how it came up or who said it, but it just reminds me of like, there's things about them that we just, they don't let us know. Yeah. And it lines up with what you're just interesting that it kind of like lined up. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little, little coincidence. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, and then there's, so, um, and then Maldron's like, do you think the war is going to come soon? And Belgrass is next summer, perhaps. So possibly the following summer. And Barrack's like, are we going to be ready? And Belgrass, we're going to try to be. So this is probably the most direct statements that Belgrass made apart from we're not ready yet or it's not time. Like he's actually saying the war is coming and this is when it's probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. It still seems like that's kind of far off to me, though. Like, like It mind. feels like they've got waste that's so much, like, next summer that's like... <laughs> Not for what best. time of year are they in? Like winter? Uh, well, it's cold where they are. So I don't know if he really makes it clear, but no, no. Well, where is. they are at the moment is really cold because remember later on when he's talk about it, Rel has gets a cold because he's like, is it always this cold up here? Yeah. <laughs> but um but it's different just depending on which part of exactly the so they world must have hemispheres <clears throat> yeah so it's hard to really know like which time of the year it is anyway from for me anyways so. so it's it definitely says a short like it's not a long time mm-hmm. like months rather than you know well for him to say next summer means to or me the that summer after yeah, and he's not saying this summer. So next summer is still. It's still like maybe a year. So when he says that, I automatically think a year because like. Yeah. In my head. But anyway, 
but he's yeah. like saying definite time frames so that's a new thing yeah and um, then the the vultures that they see coming up right yeah i'm pulse really not she's like Ugh. Ugh. she doesn't like vultures <laughs> well, i imagine if you can read the minds of birds or communicate with them vultures would not be a pleasant apparently apparently because she calls them filthy brutes yeah well it probably has something to do with the fact that what they're doing in the moment that she's observing them right now too i mean they that's what they do is they just eat they either eat something that's dead or they hunt and kill something and then eat it or yeah birds are prey well birds vultures eat um they eat carrion so things that are dead um but they talk they talk about like um here um they're like oh what are they feeding on because it's like a dozen birds flapping around in this little pack eating something and um uh they're like so it's like oh, a horse probably um and then it comes down to like sometimes the mergos will catch uh, what do they call oh, them? Brigand, like a bandit or a brigand, um, and bury them up to their neck. And the vultures have learned that people in these situations are helpless and don't always wait till they're dead to start feeding on them. Yeah. And um, you know, barracks kind of like, well, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something I can, you know. <laughs> agree with and and um but unfortunately it looks like yeah well the thing is that anybody who's like leaves this road they consider to be uh abandoned <laughs> so so a lot of innocent people i imagine probably. so so they're just yeah cruel unnecessarily cruel so then they come up on the fair uh-huh that the tolnesian had told them about um, a cluster of tents surrounding a solid stone building. Okay. So, yeah, they venture into this marketplace yep. fair. So getting late. They ride in. They decide they're going to stop. They're going to have to keep Relga to sight because um, if people see an Ulgo with them, they're never going to believe that they're ordinary merchants. And Silk comes up with the idea of wrapping him in a blanket and telling people that he's sick because people mm-hmm. always stay away from sick men. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is funny. I really like this bit. <laughs> <laughs> they say, oh, can Belgrad's like, can you act sick? <laughs> and Rock's like, I am sick. <laughs> is it always this cold up here? And he's like sneezing and... Uh, Paul feels, feels his forehead and he does the don't touch me thing and she tells him oh, stop that <laughs> and she's like yeah he's getting a cold why didn't you tell me <laughs> Ralph's like no Ola's is punishing me for my sins <laughs> this is my punishment <laughs> she's like no it's just a cold <laughs> and um, but he's never been sick before he's like am I going to die <laughs> yeah I imagine that would be a strange sensation to be a full 
grown adult, you've never been sick in your life. And then you get, even if something is it's like for us, you're like a cold, come on. I mean, a cold is like not that hard to get through, you know, and he's over there. But like, I, I, if you get a bad cold, it's pretty shitty. <laughs> I guess so. I've always had the mindset for me personally that the cold is the thing I would rather get over anything else if I'm going to get sick. Really? Oh, I hate getting a cold. I hate, hate, hate it. I get so miserable. I'm a really bad patient. Like I'm a really bad patient. My wife gets back cross with me. (laughs) I just don't ever want to have the flu. Oh, that's horrible. Have you ever had a fever like where you're shivering, but you're hot and you're cold, but you're sweating or, you know, it's everything is mixed up and confused. It's horrid. So usually that for me is is the flu. I never get that with a cold. No, no, that's a flu. I don't get a fever with a cold. My head just clogs up and I can't breathe through my nose and my throat gets sore and it's just, I feel like, oh, shit. Yeah. I can fight through that any day over the flu. (laughs) But Ralg is not doing, I mean, he's doing okay, but for him, it's like, he also thinks this is his punishment. So it was like a double kind Mm. of whammy on him with the thoughts he's having or making him just as sick as the cold is. You know, like he's lived in a closed community his whole life, hasn't he? Like a really sheltered, there's no outsiders coming in. And as you say, if you'd never been sick before, (laughs) you'd feel like you were dying because. Yeah. Doc tells him too, he's like, you gotta look, like look like you're miserable. He's like, I am. He's like, you look even more miserable. Like, think about sin and that should help you look really miserable. Yes. <laughs> I think about sin all the time. I know, Silk says, try to think about it a little harder. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they go down to the resupply station. Um, that's what the, the stone building is, a resupply station. So, okay. And then before they get there, someone calls out to Silk. Silk, you mangy Drasnian thief. And it's a Nadrak. So Nadraks are, so you've, we've done, we've done Murgos and Grons and Thuls. Nadraks are another tribe. So they're living in Xol Yara, something Nadrak? Anyway, that's what they're called, the people. The people are called Nadraks. Okay. And we learned that they don't like Angarax. Angarax, that's the name of the people. So okay. you know how there are Arens, sorry, no, yeah. there are Arens and um, um, I do this every time. Why can't I remember? I needed to have a list put on the wall, I think. But, yeah, Angarax. So Murgos, Grollums, Thuls and Nadrax are all Angarax. Oh, okay. That so that's like the race. Hey? I said that is a little hard to keep track of, but yeah. Yes, 
Okay. And so, so they're, they seem to have like a wary friendship. Like they seem, they've obviously got a history, um, mm-hmm. Silk and this, this, this Nadrak. Um, he's called Yablek is the name of him. So Silk and Yablek, they seem to have a little bit of a history together. So that, like, what does that say to you? Like, I just, I don't know. Does it say that, what do you kind of, assume their relationship to be i just felt like they had maybe some kind of a business deal or something together before and so probably dabbled in some of that you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever whatever they play with those murgos uh ingrax or whatever he seems to have quite a bit of like he knows that silk's a spy sort of teases him about uh, who are you working for? You know, you're doing business or you're working for the king or whatever. And um, refers to, you know, oh, haven't they caught you yet? I thought you would have been caught by now. So, um, yeah, anyway, so they've got some history, these two. And Yablek invites them into his tent. Yep. He's a bit drunk. And he's like, yeah, come on in, bring your friends. Yeah, Silk tells them that, you know, he tells the group, like, you can't trust him completely, but he's not really a bad person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Belgrath is definitely interested to hear what he has to say. Mm -hmm. And so they go inside and he offers them some drink and... you just get to see a little bit of like how he lives, which to me helped me envision his character. Yeah. You know? Kind of how his tent looked is a little bit floppy, but he still had like good, good, what is it they're drinking? Not wine. Uh, it's like a drinking. home, like a beer. Yeah. And then he zones in on Aunt Pole immediately mm-hmm. and starts asking and this was fun to me like how uh, he wants to be able to buy her but he already knows that she'll be too expensive and she just goes along with it like yeah i am too expensive for you kind of thing um which to me is probably stuff we'll learn more about pull later but she has a lot of experience dealing with these kind of men She's 3,000 years old, so. Doesn't, yeah. And she just doesn't let, she's, whatever, I'll play along with his game, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he, he has any clue, if, I guess he has no clue who she and Belgrath really are then. And like in, in the, in the um, exchange that they have where he's like, I want to buy you, I probably couldn't afford you. At no point is she in like a submissive, position in the conversation right. so I really like that <laughs> yeah and then the the, the comment of, like he's just really taken by her you know he's like oh she's what a woman she is and he asks if she can dance too and I really liked what she said to him she's well she just says like you've never seen before I can turn, I don't understand. What I can is. turn your bones to water. That's a spelling error. Hypo, okay. Just kind of like, 
I when yeah. I read that today, I'm like, oh, I need to tell, I need to explain that to you because it seems a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I could turn your bones to water. <laughs> and she even kind of, even Gary notices that that she offers that maybe we'll see our main dance for you later. But Gary didn't even notices that it doesn't look like she's playing with that. She's kind of like, so maybe I will. You know, yeah, she's like, so she comfortable with the exchange, isn't she? Yeah. I almost feel like she, maybe she's ready to like let loose a little bit for a moment. She's just so, she, so yeah. Well, and then and, yeah. Okay, so say that again. I missed that. Like the the interaction, like she says, "We'll see." She said with a hint of a promise, mm -hmm. you know. And so to me, I kind of imagined it as her, a little piece of her wanting to just let loose a little bit. Mm -hmm. For, for a moment just to have some fun to just forget about everything they're doing and That's just cool. dance for a moment yeah we don't we haven't really seen much of Paul lately have we no not unless she's addressing Gary and yeah 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 like she's been fully in that mother role yeah um, we haven't even really seen her in a sorceress role no, no, yeah, but... um, and then Yar Black says, "Yeah, I bet you've even got a dagger somewhere under those clothes." Mm -hmm. <laughs> It'd slice open my belly if I tried to steal you. Oh yeah, and she's like, "Naturally, she's like, she's just yep." Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's very clear with him, very straightforward. Yeah, so. So there's no embarrassment. She obviously knows their customs. And then Silk starts to introduce people and Yarbuck's like, no, 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 never mind about names. I'll just forget them. It's probably better if you don't, if I didn't know them actually, because if I don't know it, I can't tell anybody. And, you know, he obviously can see that their group is a very mixed and unusual kind of collection of people to be traveling together, to be completely straight up you know yeah <laughs> there's a bit of back and forth and Yarblack's like well you know I'd offer to help but I'd probably better keep my nose out of it Murgos distrust us Nadrex even more than they trust you Alorns so obviously the Murgos and the Nadrex do not get along in fact it becomes clear from the conversation that the Nadrex so Yablok is a Nadrak would cheerfully kill all the Murgos and would have done so long ago had it not been for the Grollums, so who are the sorcerers. Right. Okay. So, so what's your general impression of this guy? If he is a representative of Nadrax, like what is your impression of Nadrax? Uh, I can't find the right words, but I have an image, like, Maybe they find something to compare it to, but like, I don't think they're harmful. I think they're just very like uh, fiery, but they look out for themselves before they would help any other mm -hmm. ingress or anything like that. And they don't have anything against other people outside either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. I, that's what I would guess just from what he says. Yeah. Yeah, a bit rough and ready, kind of. Yeah. 
he's acting drunk. But it turns out, but it's like in the end, it's like they someone says, "Oh, he probably knows drunk as he was pretending to be." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they talk again about how uh, that Mergo land is being purged of outsiders. The king is oh, okay. So it's they talk. It gets a bit complicated because they start talking about the powers, like in Mergo land, like there's. Tower Urgos, who is the king, but then the Grollum, the old Grollum at Rakthol, it says, has his hand around Tower Urgos's heart. So, and that Grollum they're referring to is Ktuchik. So basically, they're saying Ktuchik is in charge, not really the king. Okay. And Ktuchik is where they're heading. He's the one who's got the orb. Right. So this guy, Tower Ergus, is kind of like the Goblin King. Like he rules just a little bit of, like a little piece of it, but he's really controlled by, like the Goblin King is controlled by. Yeah, he gets to play where the where Ktuchik tells him he's like, like lets him play, and he gets to be in in charge of this whatever. You know, he's allowed to be in charge of. But he doesn't really run the country, no. Mm-hmm. He's just a douche. Like a real bully, like a real bully boy. Yeah, he seems like it. And and Yarblick tells them that he's on his way with the army, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Yeah. So this this king always in armor, sleeps in his armor, stinks because he sleeps in his armor. I can imagine. And, yep, he's on his way now. And Silk, like, freaks out. Mm -hmm. He's what? (laughs) His face goes pale. Like, literally almost. He's almost there. Like, literally almost there. And Silk's, like, immediately, got to go. Catch up with you later. Yeah. And he basically disappears into the night. Mm-hmm. If it's nighttime, I think it's nighttime. Yeah. So, so, and we've never seen Silk run for it before. Yeah. I wonder if, I guess Yarbluck doesn't even know what it's about. He didn't seem like he knew anything. No, he's, he just wonders what it was. He says it mu- one must have been something pretty awful. Right. Yeah. And so then they hear the thudding outside of, them approaching like right after Silk leaves. Mm-hmm. So he barely, I mean, barely got out. Mm-hmm. So they hear like the, there's like chanting, you know, like the drums, all that you kind of yep, picture. Yep. Typical like fantasy army. So. Yeah, it really does conjure up that that image mm-hmm. of like the, there's the horns and the drums and the you know stomping feet. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that Yablik hates the king. And, and he leaves. He, like he leaves to go out and see what, what, what it's all about. And he tells yep. them to stay, that they'll be yep. safe. Yep. But when they but, but after he leaves, they're kind of like, well, can we really trust this guy? Let's sneak out the back. Mm. And so they get out of the tent. 
yeah, and grab their horses and they slip down into a gully behind the row of tents and sort of make their way up to a place where they can spy on what's going on, where the king yeah. is. Yeah. So they see the king approach, right? Mm-hmm. They, they just Well, the king's there and he he calls for a list of all the foreigners in the encampment. Yeah. And then he calls Yablek by name. He wants to summon the Nadrak right. Yablek. Right. That was interesting. Yeah. That was interesting. I don't know. I mean, to me, that I would be suspicious if I were them. They were just in there with him, and now the king's calling him mm-hmm. of all people. Mm-hmm. And then a moment later, they drag Silk out too. So it's kind of like, well, who is this Yarblek really then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's called up and told to go. The king's like, can't guarantee your safety if you stay here and, you know, would hate to hate in in my office's you know enthusiasm to carry out my orders i'd hate for you to get hurt so time to leave and he's like um yep i'll do i'll go straight away with my crew and the king's like yep as long as they're not foreigners they can leave okay and so it's good that our company slipped out the back yeah when they did And so they're they're watching all of this happen. And then somebody steps into view and it's Brill. Yeah. (laughs) It's been quite a while since we saw him. What was the last time? Oh, um, quite a while. We're yelling at each other over the thing. Yes, yes, that's right. And Silk was saying what a lovely day it was. Right. <laughs> so right. they're like, holy shit, it's Brill. And he's bows to the king and, you know, he's talking to the king, but not in any kind of respectful or like just like a respectful, but just like he's not afraid of him. He's just talking to him. And the king calls him Kordok. And we find out a few details about who Brill is now. Okay. So the king, okay, so the king calls him Kordok. And Brill, aka Kordok, says, I'm here on my master's business. And his master is Mm Ktuchik. And he's doing something personal that he's not going to tell the king about. And then the king says, Well, I like to keep track of you and the other Dagashi. Okay. I don't know Dagash. None of this means anything to you at the moment, but <laughs> he's he's sort of alludes to the fact that he's following some people, which are obviously our company, but it's not my movements aren't secret. They know I'm following them. And incidentally, I have a present for you. Yeah. Oh. And the I mean, the way Silk was mouthing off to him last time, <laughs> I bet Brill is just in the heaven right now. <laughs> Knows what they're going to do to him, what they already did to him, because he's pretty beaten up. Yeah, so they bring, they drag Silk out, and he is like, 
there are two two of Brill's henchmen holding him up, drug dragging him. He's not conscious. His head's hanging down. He's, there's blood all over him. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, of all the ones to get caught, you know, you would never think Silk would be caught. So no. something, somebody's, uh, you know, if it was Brill or whoever caught him was really on the ball. There you go. So hence me pointing out all the different things. So Brill is actually Kordok, who is a Degashi, who is skilled enough to catch Silk. So I'll find out what, who Degashi are later. <laughs> they must have some magical abilities. So the, the king says some icky things to Prince Keldar. He's very, very happy to have him in his grasp. And just, just going to stash him somewhere until he's fully awake because he's going to do something extraordinary. Miss it, he thinks, and lingering, and would hate to disappoint Silk by rushing into it. So that doesn't mm. sound very good at all. No. no. So it looks like they're going to have to plan a rescue mission now. <laughs> well, we'll see in prediction, won't we? They, yeah, they better. <laughs> leave leave him behind like they left the little door in behind. I still haven't seen him. I really didn't think it was gonna be that long of a gap with the little door and being gone. It's been a well, you know, time. there's a lot of stuff that has that's happened. Just, you know. Yeah. And there is there are still two whole books to go in this season. Is this 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 particular bit of the story? Is there only two more? Okay. We're up to book three, and there's book four and five. And then after that, there are five more books called The Malorian, which is a different, like this series finishes at five books, wraps it up with an ending. And then the next yeah. one takes, is like, takes it further. Okay. What yeah, are we up to? We are on magic. Okay. Chapter. What's your magic? Oh, I didn't write my magic. Shit. No. Hang on. Okay. Uh, or your real life. Uh, shit. Hang on. Shall I pause it? I'll pause it. Okay. Okay. I grabbed a little snack too. Nice. Is that chocolate? No, it's a date. Oh, yeah. They're so good. Yeah. They're already pitted, so you can just bite right into it. Oh, yummo. Okay. So, my magic is Belgarath's instant. I'll stop moving in my chair. Belgarath's instinct to slip out of the tent when they do. Yeah, that was a good call. Trust your gut, peoples. Mm -hmm. Very much. Very much. My magic was Paul's ability to not be offended by Yarblux's comments. But yeah, I guess that's the way to word it. Because she was just really centered. She already knew who he was, what he was about. And just like, all right, I'm just going with this. 
Yep. Okay, cool. And my real life. Uh, my reality is having conversations with drunk people who are happy drunks. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. I have a friend who has a husband and he's already a talker, but we get him drunk and he drinks a lot. Um, it's a whole different thing. It can be a little bit much at times, but for me, <laughs> I just laugh at it because it's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my real life, uh, again, with Aunt Pole, I, I like, I found myself just like she did. She just stood there. She was herself. She was strong. Just speaking very plainly to him. Like, of course, I have a dagger. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, it's sliced your belly open. And I found myself doing that kind of, not, not saying those kinds of things, but just speaking truthfully. I'm sorry, like I could totally see you with a dagger hidden <laughs> under your freaking shirt somewhere. It's, oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I have it right there on my bookshelf. <laughs> no way. Wait, show me. Yeah. I bought it at Is it an Asame or a dagger? I don't know. Oh, it's a dagger. It's a da- it's oh that's a beautiful knife i don't know if it classifies as a dagger but i could do damage if i needed to oh you totally could i think we need a photo of that in the patreon okay so let me write that down photo and what was the other thing oh the screenshot of angmar yeah the result for you yeah so anytime after like the episode goes out yeah yeah so I, I just, I've been finding myself like doing that with people in my life, just being like, okay, well, they're kind of off on their own place, but this is where I am. And I'm just going to speak my truth to them. And they kind of mm-hmm. just go with it, you know, because I'm never just like, I'm, cool. I'm never rude or anything. Very cool. All right. So prophecy speaks. Yeah. Goodness me. Okay, so my question this week is, is the book series I'm writing at the moment the one that will take me to the next level of my career as an author? Mm. Am I just playing at this writing thing, this artist thing, or am I on the verge of successfully combining all the skills I've learned over the past seven years? That is a good question. I kind of want to ask that for myself. feel free feel free (laughs) so the book i'm using is the picture of dorian gray by oscar wilde oh that sounds interesting so have you not heard of it no i just know dorian gray but i've never heard of that book well this this is the original the picture of dorian gray you know who he is like with the the story with the painting and the a little bit just because they talked about it in a show uh penny what penny penny something penny dreadful yeah 
which I wasn't allowed to watch because it was too scary. Sorry. <laughs> it, it has a little darkness, though. Um, yeah, so the picture of Dorian Gray. And I think I might have picked this up because of my face. <laughs> like my face is doing all this weird stuff. Okay. Lord Henry smiled. People are very fond of giving away what they need most themselves. It is what I call the depth of generosity. Oh, Basil is the best of fellows, but he seems to me to be just a bit of a Philistine. Since I have known you, Harry, I have discovered that. Basil, my dear boy, puts everything that is charming in him into his work. The consequence is that he has nothing left for life but his prejudices, his principles and his common sense. The only artists I have ever known who are personally delightful are bad artists. Good artists exist simply in what they make and consequently are perfectly uninterested in what they are. A great poet, a really great poet, is the most unpoetical of all creatures but inferior poets are absolutely fascinating the worse their rhymes are the more picturesque they look the mere fact of having published a book of second-rate sonnets makes a man quite irresistible he lives the poetry that he cannot write the others write the poetry that they dare not realize I mean, holy wow. shit. <laughs> so breaking that down a little bit. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, there's a lot in that. I, I might like, have to read it again. <laughs> which, which one is it directing you towards? Like, you know, because it's like the one who, at least how my mind's taking it and you might've done it completely different. So I should probably let you speak first. Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I'm still processing. You were very excited to speak on, speak on little inspiration. I picked up like the two different types. He was, he kept saying like the one who's like the real, really good at what they do and put all of themselves into it are very uninteresting people. Those are like the, the Beethovens and the, <laughs> you know, whoever, who are those artists, the Van yeah, yeah. and all that. Whereas, you know, then the other one is, they're amazingly interesting people but the art they put out basically sucks is like what are you saying i mean not sucks but it's just it's not it's not worldwide like uh, yeah and so honestly in my mind i was starting to question myself like am i that one because uh, am i very interesting i don't think I'm that well i mean the fact I, my question am i just playing at this writing thing yes and okay so what do you think the answer is giving you so but i think this one's a little too personal to me to like not put it on myself i have the exact same question okay so all what what i see very clearly is it's it's it is this take is this series going to take me to the next level of my career as an author good artists exist simply in what they make and consequently are perfectly uninteresting 
in what they are. The only artists I have ever known who are personally delightful are bad artists. That's awesome. Am I just playing at this? So no. I mean, but I don't know. I'm very egotistical. I think I am fucking delightful. And I think my work is amazing. So where does that leave us? <laughs> I just. But you also pour yourself into your work. Yes, I do. People. And, and I also, this really caught me, like the first sentence. People are very fond of giving away what they need most themselves. The whole reason that I do the work I do and write and make art is because I need to see it and I need to hear it. You know, I need I need to know the end of the story. Well, I mean, just... oh, that's my total fucking answer. It doesn't matter what fucking level. I'm swearing a lot, sorry. It doesn't matter if this is the next level. I have to do it. I have to do it. Right. And I feel like most people who see your work would agree that it is very, it is very good work, whether it's writing or uh, your drawing that you've just started up, just, just getting into it, you know, like what, a year you started being really serious about drawing and look at what you're already doing with that mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez. It doesn't matter. Like. The next level is on its way. I'm, I, 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 it's if possible I'm already in that and I just can't see it. Well, yeah, I guess it just depends what you mean by the next level. Like for me, yeah. it would mean financially the next level. Yeah, I <laughs> guess, I, I guess that's, myself yeah, I guess that's what I'm thinking of as well, because I would like to have an income. Right. From, so feel... from this work that if you continue to put yourself into the work without being boastful or, you know, I'm, my stuff's so awesome, blah, 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 blah. You know, just do the work and be in it and, and give it. But you know, I never do that. I don't. No, I know. Do I, do I, do I, do I just think I don't like say, oh, I'm so amazing. My work is so amazing. No, I don't think you do that. You feel good about what you do. Like when it's complete, you're like, you know, that. It's exciting. Yeah. But I, I hope, I, gee, I hope that's like the most abhorrent thing I can imagine doing is like big noting myself all over the place about how amazing my work is. That I just, that makes me feel sick. The possibility yeah. that I do that and don't know it. No, I've never seen you do it. You share your stuff, but you never <laughs> like, oh my God, isn't this the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? You know, you don't do that yeah. stuff. You just share it and like kind of share what emotions you went through while you made it. Well, I just, uh, that's very, that was very interesting On point. I feel like it's, it's kind of a guiding of, you know, continue to pour yourself into your work yeah. and the next level is following whether or not it's this 
series or the really good the people who who get to that next level oh here it is the people who get to that next level in their artistry are the people who just pour themselves into their work mm -hmm. and put it out there yeah oh that was really clear yep okay <laughs> cool there we go uh, okay. My question is, <clears throat> so I've been having these kind of aches internally in my body. It's in my throat. Then I'll feel some right here in the center of my chest. And it's like inside though. Like if I push, there's no pain at all. No pain. And then sometimes it's in the stomach or up the sides of my body, mm -hmm. just on like my midsection. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of all right in here. And I have a couple of thoughts of what it could be, but I wanted to just put it out there and see, ask the universe what okay. it is. And I'm using Stephen King's book, uh, Salem's Lot. Because I get just the most random book ever. <laughs> okay. Ben stood. No, thanks. Too much like you playing solitaire with me for the dummy. Thanks for the nice meal. I've got work to do tonight. Ann Norton lifted her eyebrow and said nothing. Bill stood. How's that new book coming? Good, Ben said briefly. Would you like to walk down the hill with me and have a soda at Spencer's, Susan? Oh, I don't know, Anne interposed swiftly. After Ralphie Glick and all, I'd feel better if... Mama, I'm a big girl, Susan interposed, and there are street lights all the way up Brock Hill. I'll walk you back up, of course, Ben said almost formally. He had left his car at Eva's. The early evening had been too fine to drive. They'll be fine, Bill said. You worry too much, mother. Oh, I suppose I do. Young folks always know best, don't they? She smiled thinly. I'll just get a jacket, Susan murmured to Ben and turned up the back walk. She was wearing a red, a red play skirt, thigh high, and she exposed a lot of leg going up the steps to the door. Ben watched, knowing Anne was watching him. Her husband was damping the charcoal fire. How long do you intend to stay in the lot, Ben? Anne asked, showing polite interest. Until the books get written anyway, he said. After that, I can't stay. It's very lovely in the mornings and the air tastes good when you breathe it. He smiles into her eyes. I may stay longer. Okay, I've got a couple of symbolic things in there and a very clear like thing about the books, but what are you getting? It's not for me. It's not anything about the two things I thought. Could be causing it mm. which okay well did something come up though i mean yeah the book stuff i guess and there's also something about a sense of safety in there as well that came up for me right the girl can i yeah go ahead so there's a couple of references to red and coals in there and when you were describing where you're feeling these sensations you indicated your energy centers so your chakras so your throat your heart 
and sort of coming from your belly, which is like, um, like, like sacral and up your sides, which goes into your solar plexus. And so all of these things, are, but you didn't mention your base chakra. So the red and the coals for me are symbolic of your base chakra. So don't forget that. And maybe you need to do a bit of grounding. So with all of these meditations that you're doing that are kind of, you know, you're working with the energy of your body a lot. When you finish, like really go and ground every time, like do lots of work. That's where your belonging is. That's where you can get really, you know, that's your sense of safety. That's your big sense of like, I belong, I'm safe is in your base chakra and that's all red stuff. So that's what came up for me. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly actually what I was thinking. What could one of the causes could have been was all of the, the work I've been doing because it's a lot of breathing and I'm clearing a lot of old stuff too. The energy is actually moving now mm. as before it was just sitting there. Yeah. So I, I thought maybe just the movement alone was yeah. kind of like, oh, definitely they're coming alive and yes, I'm just not used to the feeling. Very definitely. Um, and I also... But be very, sorry. It's that I think they're also healing right now. Yes. Lots of different sensations. Grounding after, how, what do you do? I mean, you can go outside and stand barefooted for a little bit. There are lots of different ways, but you, but I would, I will always, every, every time you do work with your energy, you need to ground um, so that you don't sort of float away so that it's it's like a it's like a completion like a close to the session so you build all of this energy you're building all of this energy moving all of this energy around and then you need to close and ground the session and connect mm -hmm. your physical self which you're starting to do work with now your physical self into the earth because you are a physical you know that this physical part of you um, you know, is an organism with the earth, like in so ground yourself here, do all mm -hmm. of the energy work and shift and, um, you know, uh, transmute and all of that stuff, which is also part of the earth, but remember to ground back in so that you can like, like it's your anchor. That's where you draw up the nurturing. That's how you, a lot of how you transmute the work that you're doing and the energy that you're shifting. She helps you to shift to, to kind of transform that into like, she'll take that away. She's like the big filter of everything. She could take whatever mm -hmm. you give her. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. The ends of the meditations have they like have you do like you do at the end of yours come back come back come back to the body come yeah. back to the environment and yeah. all that i like like so. simple things to do i like stomping your feet if you're sitting inside just feel really feel your feet on the floor if you're visualizing something like visualize the energy going down through your feet right down deep into the earth and carrying with it anything that needs to go so it's not all that way it's not all you know take yeah. it back down through yourself as well and down down into the earth they're the simplest ways to do it and then just go down on the earth if you want to but um they're the ways i do it yeah okay that makes sense yeah
And um, the book stuff, I think, is just the same as it's come up before. Is, yeah. You know, similar to what yours is. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've been processing through that. Well, that's that. What is your prediction for next week? Let's see. Last week you said they move deeper into Thalmergos and see the danger that awaits them before even reaching their destination and Relg takes them underground. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, next week, my hope is that they will make a plan to rescue Silk. And in the process, I have a close encounter with the enemy. Okay. Can't wait. Hashtag hidden dagger. Okay. Okay. So the hashtag for this week's episode is hashtag hidden dagger. And we're at the end of the show. And... I don't think it's been quite as long as last week, so that's good. (laughs) Hopefully the sound is much better than last week. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, Thanks for sticking around to the end of the show, my darlings. You will find all the extended show notes uh, and links to everything that we talk about at our website, belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. So you can head over there and check it out. Um, you can leave a voice message for us there's links for that as well that's fun and if you want to chat about episodes and connect with other fans of the show you can follow us on patreon Um, yes that's all of you you don't have to be a paying patron you can search belgarian beyond on patreon or just you know go to patreon.com forward slash belgarian and beyond and you'll find a follow button like if you scroll down the page a little bit you can click on the follow button and then you're sorted. Um, so as always, you can email belgariadandbeyond at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Um, and Belgariad and Beyond, the podcast is an indie production. And so if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do that on Patreon. We've got a few different levels and you can get bonus episodes and videos of Uncut, like the whole episode Uncut. And when we're bringing a new level in, well, not a new level, but a new bonus on our top tier for some one-on-one sessions to do some uh, prophecy speaks with Alicia and I. So that will be a lot of fun. But yeah, head over and check it out. Yeah, we can't wait to connect with you guys over there. And I'm excited for that new tier when it's available for people uh-huh. to, to do that. <laughs> I'm do that. Okay, so uh, we'll be in your ears again next week, my darlings. Until then. Bye, guys.